welcome to Palin' Around, the official Uppercut podcast. Here we'll be focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact through the internet. I'm your host, Jessica Howard, and what do you know? It's our end of the month episode, uh, but this time, it's here, live. Here, here. <laughs> uh, as always, I have my lovely editor-in-chief, Ty, with me. Ty, how are you? Hi, hey, I'm good. <laughs> uh, we'll see how, how that goes, you know. Uh, as we get into what hour like six in a while here, uh, and but for now, we're good. Yeah, we're still at the beginning of this, which is wild because I feel like the Destiny raid definitely seemed like it it went on for some time. I thought it was going to be longer, and then they were like, "No, I guess we're just going to do this in two hours." And I said, "Sure, okay." <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, "Dude, how how big of a block do y'all need for that?" Like three four hours and they're like oh no this raid is like an hour and a half long if you know what we're doing and we're playing with people who've played before and i was like okay sweet and uh narrator they were not playing with people who had played before (laughs) (laughs) um but anyways yeah uh great to have you here ty as always we also have the wonderful tl here today can you tell us a bit about yourself and and how you're doing today sure uh it's it's I almost said it's Tuesday and it's a Saturday. Wow. What my, my wires are so uh just discombobulated. Uh I uh, my name is TL Foster. I am a podcaster. Uh I do the podcast uh P and B um and Live from the Pool House, P and B video game podcast, Live from the Pool House, a Fresh Bellair uh watchback podcast. And uh, I started dabbling in the world of video essays, uh especially one coming up soon. So yeah, uh, I've just been, I'm I'm just a cursory around everything. I used to stream. I don't do that anymore, but yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. That's so cool. What what is your favorite character in Fresh Prince? Man, um, <laughs> so like the 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 cliche answer is like, oh, Will Smith. Everybody wants to be cool, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's like. I'm now, I'm old now, like, I'm in my mid-30s, and, like, I really identify with Uncle Phil, which Aww. is something where I'm just, like, it's weird, and, like, and now I have my little niece, and I saw my little niece today, and I was just, like, yeah, no, this this kind of rules, like, this, like, parental figure, and, like, you're still kind of cool, but, like, in that dad-uncle cool zone where you're not really cool, you just try to pretend that you are, so, like, that's kind <laughs> of... Who I gravitate to like now. Oh, I love that. That's so true, though. I feel like there are so many things I go back and I watch, and I'm just like, man, it's so it's so weird when you start identifying with like the parental figure instead. Even Goofy movie, right? I've seen that movie a million times as a kid, and then recently <laughs> I watch it, and I was like, man, Max was like really being kind of a little shit in this. <laughs> oh no, Max! Like, I, I I love that movie, but Max sucks. Like yeah. his dad was just like, I want to bond with you, and Max is like. <laughs> But I want to go to this Powerline concert. So what if I trick you? Like, fair no, that's not shit. I think very fair on the Powerline concert. Whom's to yeah. But <laughs> the, I mean, yes, Powerline does rip. But it. like, <laughs> don't be mean, bad if your dad isn't a shithead. Um, Max, right. Max is valid, but also Goofy's a sweetheart. So this was but... watching Lady Bird. I was like, bro, fuck this kid. Like. <laughs> Don't let her go to college. Fuck this kid. This kid sucks. <laughs> um, 
But parental figures aside, we also have Cameron on today. Cameron, how are you? And can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm reeling from this uh, Greta Gerwig thrashing that's going on here. This power, <laughs> this power line uh, sliding that happened. Um, I'm Slight power on... line. Yeah, I can't <laughs> believe it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking about Uncle Phil, too. The fact that Ooh. definitely when I watched uh, Fresh Prince when I was a kid, I was like, oh, Uncle Phil's 65 years old. He's ancient. And now thinking about it, that man was probably 45. It's probably a very yeah. reasonable, you know, fairly young man uh, having mm -hmm. to raise Will Smith and Carlton, those hooligans. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm having a pretty weighty day, I think, at this point. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to kind of pull it back together after this. Uh, That's fair. It was kind of, yeah. kind, of a, kind of a crazy start here, huh? Yeah. Can you uh, tell us a bit about some of the projects that you do? Oh, I make content for the man. Uh, um uh yeah so uh you know game, game critic for a very long time um for a lot of different places uh probably m most recently and for the the most uh waypoint um and polygon i've written for quite a bit recently uh, as well um i'm a big part of range touch range touch is a podcast sure and youtube video uh um uh company thing entity media entity uh and we make uh, kind of deep dive critical shows on a lot of different things like uh, the fallout franchise uh mm -hmm. all of the works of stephen king uh we started a show recently on homestuck called homestuck made this world where michael lutz guides me through homestuck as i read it and uh, he does a bunch of research because he's writing a book on it and so we kind of have this oh, wow. meeting of the minds about what the hell's going on with Homestuck? So if anything, uh, if any of that sounds interesting, uh, you can check out at Ranged Touch on Twitter or rangedtouch.com. Super cool. What's your favorite deep dive you've done so far? Oh, it's like uh, choosing your favorite child. Who could know? <laughs> choosing your favorite Fresh Prince uh, character. Who could do it? Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't know. I think they're all good. I'm going to dodge that yeah. question uh, unartfully. Uh, no, that's fair. I like them all. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that just means everybody has to listen to all of them. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. So we are doing Pound Around Live. The first part that we do in the show is our little news segment. Um, and the first piece of news that we're going to talk about, we're not we're not getting super, super deep this time. Um, I, I've decided after talking about Activision the last like two uh, end of the month episodes, I was like, you know, I just don't feel like it. <laughs> So we're going to uh, talk about Sora being the final Super Smash Bros. character in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And the story comes from myself at Uproxx because I did this last minute and I was like, I'm just going to, I know I wrote about this. I'm taking the first paragraph and we're just going to talk about it. Um, after spending the better part of a decade. Oh, what did you say, Ty? Oh, I just said excellent. Good. <laughs> um. Okay, after spending the better part of a decade as being Super Smash Bros. fans' most requested edition, Kingdom Hearts' beloved hero Sora has finally come to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. The big announcement comes to, as part of today's Sakurai Presents, a series of live streams hosted by Super Smash Bros. creator Masahiro Sakurai, in which the studio legend unveils new characters, maps, cosmetics, and various changes coming to the Nintendo Switch title. The latest Sakurai Presents marks the last one for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate as Sora is confirmed to be the final piece of DLC headed to the 2018 game. And that's really kind of the short and dirty of it. Um, has anyone played with Sora in Smash yet? No. No, no not yet. 
I, honest, uh, I have not opened my copy of Super Brothers Smash. Smash? <laughs> Super Brothers Smash. Yeah. Super Brothers Super Smash. Brothers Smash. Yeah. We all know. Like the brothers that do the smashing. You know. You know them. Um, <laughs> I haven't opened that in like a year or uh, yeah. two. <laughs> probably not since we've done the Smash Bash that we yeah, do. Yeah, probably since yeah. the last time we like streamed Smash. It's been yeah. a hot fucking minute. Yeah, I think well, okay, the last. Oh, oh, sorry, go, go ahead, ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I was gonna say the last time I touched it was the Sephiroth DLC, just because like they they had those like that weird like um, challenge mode that was like, oh, this is really cool, and interesting. I'm gonna check this out, and like I'm really glad Sora is there, if only so Waluigi's not there. Like I'm I'm a big part of like Waluigi never in Smash. That is my hard stance, but like. It just, it wasn't interesting enough for me to be like, I'm going to give this a roll. Like, I love the costumes. I loved everything about it. It was just like, I just like, I didn't pull me to to want to try try them out. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. Uh, Cameron, I feel like you had quite a reaction to, to I don't, Waluigi. I don't play this video game. Oh, I love Waluigi. <laughs> I, I think Waluigi. Oh, Waluigi. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting for the moment that... Uh, uh, for Assassin's Creed Infinite to come out so Waluigi can get in that thing. I think that's eventually happening no matter what. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, I don't play I don't play this video game. I but I do like uh Sora. I like when Sora runs around and learns about friendship and you know does all that kind of stuff. That's good. Does that happen in, in uh Smash Bros? Does Sora learn about friendship or, or whatever when that happens? I think it's I think it's the opposite, right? I think Super Smash Bros is all about forming uh forming rivalries and we have to get into a conversation about like the story of Smash Ultimate then. Oh god. I'm about I thought to say, yeah, to say the like, I'm like, Ty, we don't have time. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can do that. No. One. Andrew, I think I am playing Smash later. I don't know. I think I'm signed up for everything. I genuinely don't know at this point. But um fucking like cause right, isn't the story of Smash that they're like fighting the evil like tentacles or whatever the fuck so like Sora's just mm-hmm. doing that and he's just like high five and kirby or whatever i don't know that seems I, accurate i mean to the, me. the world of light the lore the world of light is like literally kirby rescuing his friends from being like the death the like the like the the destruction of earth like it's it's weird, and, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, this story actually also ties into Kingdom Hearts, because it's Sora, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, I be mean, surprised like, if just, thing, like... Right? Sora's kind of the least <laughs> interesting Smash character, just because, like, part of the novelty is, like, oh, look, this weird little video game man that, like, you wouldn't see high-fiving Kirby. But, like, Sora would, because he's already fucking high-fiving Goofy, and, like, being there for all of Frozen. Like, he's already doing this. So, like, you're just changing that from, like, you know, Elsa to Game & Watch Man or whatever. Well, it it is pretty, it's pretty strange because uh, it's a bummer that Sora is the last one to show up because that means everyone's already friends. You know, they, Sora doesn't have to save anyone. It's like, hey, we're all free. Kirby got us all. Oh, and here's Sora, by the way. He's here to high five <laughs> or whatever. But he's the like, he should have well, been, like, well, number what? two. But what if Sora was doing it behind the scenes? Because, like, mm-hmm. Sora was helping connect all the hearts in all the other games, and then he finally emerged. Like, that is that is Sora's, his triumphant emergence at the end of it. 
simply think that sorry spoils for spoil spoils spoilers for kingdom hearts 3 you have one minute okay i'm gonna say it now uh fucking this is where he goes at the end he disappears (laughs) and it's because he fucking goes to smash oh Uh, makes sense yeah i fucking cracked it sakurai finished the xehanort saga and that's what Sora's doing now he's fucking vibing uh high-fiving kirby wait hold on is super smash bros limbo is this lost but no, that's I mean, the Lost is closed. To be it fair, ABC circuit. did air Lost, which means that it does count for Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> so. Yeah, that would be good if they went to Lost Planet and just Desmond's there hanging out in the hatch. Yeah, they're just on the beach. It's yeah. Destiny Islands again, but like a little bigger. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Big well. statues there. Fog monster. It, Here I was. I'm just, just saying it would work and it would be fine. <laughs> Here I was just thinking someone would be like, oh, yes, I played him and he was kind of fun. But now uh, I feel like Square is about to show up in the podcast and shut us down. So it doesn't look like playing him is fun. It just looks like he beats people up. It does then really he's... just look like playing Kingdom Hearts, which like, I mean, if you like doing that, you could probably just like do that, though. Yeah, there's IRL. like nine different opportunities to do that. And also IRL. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can also play it on the Switch now because of the cloud games. So, oh, like, yeah. which you have all the opportunity of, of playing Kingdom Hearts. I will say that I bet that the Dream Drop port feels a lot better on the Switch because it feels fucking weird on the PlayStation. Mm, that makes sense. That was one of the ones that I wanted to to play on PlayStation 2 when I eventually get around to it, but... It does seem like it'd be kind of an odd one. Weird. I don't like it. <laughs> I wonder how Birth by Birth by Sleep would play on this on the Switch as well. Like that being a PSP game. Like I didn't care uh-huh. for it on the PlayStation, but I I wonder like if I played it like handheld on the Switch. Like ah, it's like I have a a brand new PSP. I, I'm mm-hmm. living the life again. That would be good. I feel like it would be good on the Switch because it's good on the PlayStation. It's better than it should be on the PlayStation. So. Like, like I'm here for it on the Switch, but this isn't a King of Hearts podcast. I'm sorry, Jess. No, this is kind of your sorry. fault because you should have known. But I know. just I'm surprised that you had not tried them out yet. That's kind of what I was expecting. I'm like, oh, Ty's oh, probably like, tried Sora. I'm not like a big Sora person. Like, yeah. like the whole put Sora in Smash thing. Like, I never gave a shit about that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it had been like put organization 13 coat mickey in smash like yeah probably or like <laughs> who else is from kingdom hearts i don't know like the Terra armor yeah, yeah. i'd fucking do that but Sora's is just a fucking little dude he's just a little himbo ass like again i could just pl- there i have had opportunities my entire life to play a sora <laughs> is there a character this is how this is how i'll end it um is there a character y'all would have preferred to see Waluigi. Yeah. Um. Goku. Uh, oh, oh, uh, I Goku. from the Nightmare Before Christmas, <laughs> as depicted in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> uh, Goku. Goku is great. I would prefer uh, literally yeah. anyone from Skyrim, just a random Skyrim, like Lydia from Skyrim. 
Put her in there. Why not? Lydia would be good, except she'd just like fall off the edge all the time. Like no one would touch her. She'd just get stuck in the geometry <laughs> for no apparent she, reason. She gets hit and just inventory items fly out because she's just a mobile <laughs> storage station. If you could use different characters from Nintendo games, like like that have already been in there, I want specifically the Yoshi from Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door, like the little wrestling Yoshi. Yoshi. That would have been awesome. Oh, they should have. Uh, or honestly, should... I don't even like him, but Nathan Drake, just because I think it would be funny to have the very <laughs> realistic, like another, like not even like, because, you know, Snake is still kind of silly because he's the bodysuit with his like caked out ass. And you're like, yeah, all right. But like just Nathan Drake, just like in a V-neck with like just a gun and like a whip. Better yet, better yet Norman Reedus, Death Stranding. <laughs> no, because that's still, ha- I want the most normal. I want the most okay. basic bitch man to just be like heavily way. as heavily detailed like rendered as a switch could do. I Ooh, like that okay. you're saying that Nathan Drake, a fictional human man, is <laughs> is more basic and normal than Norman Reedus, a real human man. Yes. Hmm. Okay. I, I accept it. It makes sense. It makes sense, honestly. Yeah. I do agree. <laughs> Like, if you just look at Norman Reedus, you're like, that man's got some stuff going on. There's some, he has a rich interior life. You don't think that about Nathan Drake. That man is a dipshit. I mean, he could never write I mean, poetry. Nathan, I mean, Nathan Drake is a, is a treasure hunting murderer, so like, maybe. He's not too bad at Crash, too, right? Well, that's, that's not saying that's... much, though. I mean, Crash is like, he's not like he's good at Crash. <laughs> um ty do you want to read the next news story for us i sure do hell yeah thank you thanks um oh man uh (laughs) god of war 2018 from sony santa monica studios is coming to the pc gaming computers (laughs) and also playstation is making a PlayStation PC branch, which I guess is just going to port PlayStation exclusives to PC. Um, So this is from Kat Bailey at IGN. Uh, In a reflection of Sony's recent embrace of PC gaming, the platform holder has introduced the PlayStation PC brand for several games, several of its games on Steam. The new label popped up just recently as the publisher for Days Gone on Steam and Video Games Chronicle reports that the name was registered back in April. It further solidifies Sony's intentions for PC, suggesting that PlayStation intends to bring plenty more games to Steam in the near future. Already, several PlayStation exclusives have made their way to PC, including Horizon Zero Dawn, Death Stranding, and Days Gone. God of War and Uncharted The Legacy of Thieves Collection are both due in 2022. So we get to listen to people talk about God of War 2018 again before the new one comes out. Hooray! And, uh, and basic bitch uh, Nate Drake. Him too! <laughs> but yeah, um, so... Men with beards coming to a PC near you. I know. Well... Nathan's clean shaven, <laughs> right? Is in all the games is he clean shaven? Oh yeah, I guess he's Both got like them. the all of them. the shadow or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess he's just so one yeah. man with a beard. I don't even think that does he grow a beard in prison? I don't think he does. I don't think he does either. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't yeah. think he ever gets Well, scruffy. where's the immersion now, naughty dog? 
in the graphic. Not so system. realistic anymore. <laughs> Where's my beard physics? <laughs> so I don't know. What do, what do you all think about this? What do you think about Sony crossing over and doing more PC stuff? I mean, I like to make money, so it kind of makes sense. No, I think that's a, a total. That's a total uh, Sony move. Um, hey, look, not everybody's going to be able to get their new system. Uh, so if you have a way of playing it, that sounds like a great idea, right? Um, I I'm with you, Ty. I just if I'd never had to hear about God of War, it's a fine game, but like I just would rather not hear about like, it anymore. Aside <laughs> from the critical narrative stuff. The the thing about God of War is that everyone's like, oh, the combat's so great. The axe feels so great. The combat is the same encounter over and over and over again. It is the one really big dude that you chuck the axe at, and then it's like the little fucking elemental minion guys that you chuck the axe at. It's the same fight every time. Anyway... It's fine. I don't know. It makes sense. I just think it's funny that PlayStation continues to be like, we're still not going to say jack shit about putting Bloodborne on PlayStation or on PC, though. Do you think people it's coming? are so people? No, people are so <laughs> mad about it. Um, I mean, it might. I don't know. It seems weird that they haven't done it, considering I think like all the other from games are on PC. But mm-hmm. that also kind of makes it seem like there's a reason why it's not. Hmm. Yeah, because it's the from game that they have. So they're going to be like, no, if you want this one, you have to come and get this system to get it. Um, I, don't, I, I also think it would be more interesting to me if, like, if you saw the Spider-Man games come to PC, right? Like, like something that you know that, like, because here's the thing, like, God of War just has that Sony, because it's Sony's thing, right? So, like, it's... Like, if it goes out there, it's just like same with Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, it goes out there, fine. But, like, these kind of overarching IPs, like like the From Games or like Spider-Man, like something that would have, like, a bigger name, like, name to it, I think, like, those going to be PC would be a bigger thing than, like, God of War. Because if you wanted to play God of War 2018, you would have already played it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. For sure. The other thing, too, right, is, like, at what point... Like, even the most hardcore PC gamer, like, you could just go buy a PlayStation 4 for, like, probably dirt cheap at this point and just, like, play shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just is weird to me. But I guess if, you know, power to you. If you want to play fucking God of War on your PC, go with God, I guess. I I mean, I guess you are going with a God, but not a great Literally. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Cameron? No opinion on God of War, I guess. Uh, yeah. If you want to play that video game, you can play that video game. Uh, I like the guy from uh, Justified who's in it. I think he does a great job. I think mm-hmm. uh, not enough people talked about that, about how mm-hmm. he did a really great weirdo performance. Uh, hey, who was he? The, uh, yeah. the, the the guy you got to punch a bunch of times. You know, the the one. Oh, oh Boulder. Boulder. Yeah, the man Boulder. that you do the same yeah. Fight three times with. Yeah, look, repetition is uh like what are video games if not just rituals of repetition? Um, so you know they they just leaned in <laughs> over <laughs> there at God of War HQ. Um, but but yeah, so I mean I think 
sure it's good if you want to keep doing that i think that that's uh it's appeasing some market segment obviously they've run the numbers they figured out that it'll make Mm -hmm. money they're not throwing money in the hole i i think that probably helps with uh in in a world in which you have a bunch of exclusives for your console um i don't think for the most part that PC sales are ever really cannibalizing that. I think what we generally understand is that those are pretty significantly different market segments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I think, well, what does porting do? And, and what does creating a, a porting sub-studio do? Uh, or, or it's on standalone. And what that does is it allows you to make sure that you can both do PC ports, but also port forward. Um, so I, I think this is just as much an investment in the future of PlayStation exclusives. Um, both managing inside the PlayStation platform than outside the PlayStation platform. I don't know. I'm not Jeff Grubb, right? I don't know enough about this or have enough like weirdly confirmed things to just say that that's the truth. But um, you, if you're Sony, you have to be looking at how uh, canny uh, Xbox has been about, and Microsoft in general, about making sure that things operate across platforms. And they're not going to do that. It's pretty clear that they've decided that there's no kind of comparability um, but they do want to keep, they want to keep you in the walled garden. I mean, it, this is like, <laughs> this is internet economics from 2005, like coming back to mm-hmm. haunt us. And, uh, I think this is just part of that strategy. Um, and some people get to play God of War, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. They got, nice. they get to fight that big guy and the little guys. And I am building. looking forward to seeing the mods. I hope that people just get real, go real fucking ape shit. I'm going to learn how to mod just so I can put you in God of War, Ty. Let me punch Kratos. <laughs> That's good. What do you want to be, the uh, big guy or the little guys? I'm clearly the little guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's modding. You City. could be the big guy. Exactly. That's <laughs> that's the right kind of thinking. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's my, I don't have much of an opinion on it either. It's like a company doing doing a company thing, right? But I do think it's cool when more people can play games. So sweet, you know. Um, now I'm going to toss it to Ty for our sports segment. Um, Ty, what's going on with esports? Tell us about the sports today. <laughs> Hello, esports are happening as they always are. Uh, League of Legends Worlds still happening. Been happening forever. It feels like it's going to keep happening forever. But we're getting close to the end. We're heading into the semifinals. So that's nice. As someone who has to work league. Uh been a long few weeks. Uh same with uh Valorant last chance qualifiers. Because Riot is uh on one and they've decided that those are also gonna be running during Worlds. Uh and the North American one was a shit show and they had to move it to LAN or not LAN, they moved it off LAN and onto online and then they had a bunch of bullshit with like false covid tests and it was a mess you can read more about that on upcomer.com um also apex legends uh global series still happening split one uh today's day five i believe the north american stream is gonna start soon uh yeah people be playing apex no, that's it. Oh, also new map and new character coming to Apex and also changes to ranked. Again, read more about that. Upcomer.com. That's it. And that 
that's our sports section. Uh, and normally we do in our podcast, our little break here, but um, considering this is live, that'll be added in post. So we're just going gonna... oh. to. And now a word from Bruce. Now a word from Bruce. Bruce is our sponsor <laughs> today, actually. <laughs> Bruce, what are you selling? I don't know. He just ran to the other room. So, um, but yeah, so we're just going to move straight ahead to our, what we've been playing section. Um, and I feel like I have not played much this month. Ty, you've also, you know, said that you've hey, not played well, much so this month. So technically I have played, but I played for the indie game podcast that we do. <laughs> so, uh, if you're on our public feed, you can listen to that tomorrow. Happy Halloween. Or uh, if you give us $2 today, you can listen to it right now. Patreon.com, Uppercut Crit. Oh, yeah. We'll just be, like, brief then when you talk about it. Um, but let's go ahead. I'm going to toss it to Cameron first because, Cameron, you've played a couple of games. So I'm going to let you pick one and kind of talk about your experience with it and how you're feeling. Yeah, I totally forgot what the, what the second one I wrote down was. So I'll, I'll go with, um, I, yeah, just finished up Age of Empires 4. Mm. Um, I, I did a review for the Washington Post for the launcher over there. Um, and that went up, I think, yesterday. You can check that out by going to Jeff Bezos's newspaper, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, by going to the Washington Post. Um, and uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who has a huge amount of nostalgia for those games from the 90s. I know people really like Age of Empires 2, and Age of Empires 3 didn't meet expectations for whatever reason. I, I don't really know. Um, but uh, Age of Empires 4 is pretty neat. It is, it really has kind of, it's an RTS game. If, in case you're not familiar, you click on little dudes and run them around and make them fight each other, um, build bases, that kind of thing, and uh, fight other people. And uh, what's pretty cool about it, or, or the, the thing that I thought was most interesting about it, is the campaign is kind of set up very purposely like a History Channel documentary, and it's even borrowing a lot of those aesthetics. And so what happens is you play a mission, and then in between that, there's like this little mini documentary, and it'll be like, did you know this is a big field? But one time people fought on it and then it does this like AR overlay and it's all the little, the like little character models from age of empires. And they're like running over the map and they're, they're like shooting bows and there's like fake walls and stuff. And it has this kind of, um, I wrote about this in the review, but it has this kind of veneer of like edutainment to it of like, of course, when you build 500 farmers, that's what they did. That's, a, that's what the French did to defeat the English in the hundred years war. They, they built too many farmers and upgraded all of their armor uh, and then attack them all. And and so it's this weird uh, kind of mix of different media modes that I thought was really interesting. And uh, so I wrote pretty extensively about that in, in the review. It's got this kind of like history channel documentary that you watch when you have insomnia kind of thing going on. Um, and and I, I really like that. They're, the campaigns that are in the base game, there's an English campaign, a French campaign for the Hundred Years' War, um, the founding of Moscow, and then the kind of like 150 years of of Mongol Empire invasion stuff, and mm -hmm. they all play pretty differently, and they're they're pretty cool. I like a good RTS campaign. Like I'm I'm a person who's into that kind of thing. I really like the StarCraft campaigns, and uh, if you like that kind of thing, then Age of Empires Four is really cool. It's on Game Pass um, on the PC. If you've got that, so um, I didn't realize it was on Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there's some weirdness. I didn't have this issue, but this is maybe a thing that's worth noting. On Game Pass, if you just choose it, like on the Game Pass thing for PC, it will default to the 4K version, 
which oh. is 200 gigabytes. Um, oh. Yeah. Large. And people were having some issues with that. I'm sure people have figured out how to, to resolve it. I played a copy on Steam, so I didn't, didn't have those issues. But um, that's something that is worth noting. If you're going to check it out on Game Pass, make sure you're getting the one, unless you really want the 4K version, but make sure you're getting the smaller version, which is like 50 gigs or something like that. Unless you want to eat up like one-tenth of your space on your computer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, that's really cool. I, I always loved the uh, Age of Empire uh, games growing up. I also really loved... Age uh, of Mythology! Age of Mythology was so good. Especially with the Titans expansion. I mm. did not understand anything I was doing in that game, but damn, it was fun. Mm-hmm. We gotta... I have it on Steam, Ty. We should uh, play a match against each other. Mm. <laughs> no, I. Uh, that's really cool, though. And I like the fact that it's on Game Pass. I didn't know that. That makes me actually maybe want to play that soon. Because I, I haven't played a good RTS in a while. I've played Civ somewhat recently but yeah yeah this was civ like a really harder civ is for fucking nerds <laughs> hey now well hold on hold on andrew I, I, I andrew really... codswell in the chat i like civilization i i i love a good i love a good civ and i love a good age of empires like hold on i think they're different though and this is what i would, yeah, I would ask Chad... uh, age of empires versus the virgin <laughs> <laughs> civ no let's not let's not do that uh, but like, when I would ask, like, so uh, Cameron, when you're playing it, does it like do the battles? Like, if you look at something like Civ, Civ takes a lot longer because like how you're doing that resource management and like how you're like building up in those RTSs, it's like it's more like you're 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 doing a lot more time to it. And like from my experience with like old Age of Empires, it is like you're trying to get this battle right. You're trying to build your resources. So that you can do a rush and it's just like it feels like uh, uh just a, a secluded battle as opposed to like a bigger war is, is that does it still have that same kind of feel to it or is it does it start taking does it start cribbing from stuff like civ or other resource management games that have, that have come since uh it, it's closer to that classic age of empires experience in a broad mm -hmm. sense I, I it's really interesting or, or especially in like the multiplayer right if you want to play it just kind of like pvp style and there's co-op as well if you want to do that that feels a lot like the single battle kind of thing mm -hmm. um what's really interesting to me is that rush strategies don't seem particularly um uh, effective uh, even at like low levels of play in the multiplayer which was really cool so you just got to do some like Sim City for a little while, um, even more than you would have to mm -hmm. do in say like a Starcraft or something like that. Um, wh what's pretty cool is that the campaign uh, knows that, right? It knows that Age of Empires is a little bit more, um, you know, we're playing this one battle, and so it it uh, plays with that in some ways either by putting multiple missions in a row in the same place, so you get to have like multiple styles of battle in similar places where you're operating, or uh, by having almost like game stages across one massive map. The The multiplayer maps are pretty small compared to the campaign maps, which get really, really big and ask mm -hmm. you to do a whole bunch of stuff. And some of those missions are taking an hour or an hour and a half. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's uh, it's never civvy, you know, in that way. But there's some pretty deep upgrade stuff and you have to progress through kind of like civilizational eras with all the kind of bullshit of uh, progress narrative that's associated with that. But they provide some neat kind of moments where you have to build up a certain amount of resources to then get to the next age of tech or whatever. 
Um, so it's melding some ideas about longer term gameplay, which are pretty neat. But yeah, it's still, if you're into Age of Empires for that kind of vibe, we're going to play one battle and it's going to be really cool. That That's still in here for sure. Cool. That, that sounds good to me. I honestly, sometimes like I like Civ too. So I also, uh, took offense to, to tie. No, but, um, yeah, <laughs> you can I, uh... I don't care. I said what I said, <laughs> but I, uh, I sometimes want something that's a little bit more instant gratification. -y, so that sounds good. I'll have to try it out. Um, and then TL, you've been playing Scarlet Nexus. How's that? Yes um it is it is very interesting so i um started playing tales of arise um which was fun but i got frustrated i got because um, like uh how like the the structure was and um i saw that a couple of the people who worked on the Tales series previously um they left and they were they did start nexus and like it Scarlet Nexus had just not been on my radar, and I was like, all right, well, I'll pick it up. Um, and it very much, like, holds its, like, influences. Like, this game, you can tell, like, this is a game that has, like, one foot in Tails and also another foot in, um... What is that RPG? Uh, the Square... Near. It's it's a very mm -hmm. much, like, if you mash Near and Tails together and then put it in, like, the... The most like generic shonen storyline. Like I've, I've just been playing this, and it's like this is like my new anime fix because like there there are all these like different anime tropes. Oh, uh, yeah. I chose Scarlet Nexus is an <laughs> anime game. Yeah, it for sure is. Like, uh, like I, did I you chose... ever play those fucking like Naruto PS2 games? Like it has oh, the Shippuden games, yes. Immense Naruto, like or Inuyasha PS2 game energy, mm. while also being uh, like fucking sh shiny being and 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 there's yeah. there's the, the powers and fucking little swords and shit. <laughs> I didn't care. It's for really it. cool. Uh, <laughs> it's I, I just think it's it's it was like. For me, like a game where I just don't have to think about anything. Like it's again, like when mm -hmm. I like for certain anime I watch, and I'm just like, oh, I'm just gonna watch this, and I don't have to critically. I could take my critical brain out of it. It's fun. You could do like a lot of like these power mixing because like you're basically like a like a psychic ninja uh, that you could throw. Like you have like telekinesis, and like you you can throw different things, but then also other people have other special like x-men powers and you can yeah. mix them you get like a like, hot that's, bar that's of pals really cool. that you can like use you could just like steal their abilities for some reason yeah <laughs> um that's it's really cool, cool. i think they it's, do explain it but it's just yeah. like hey you're all kind of logged into our like group chat of the mind <laughs> yeah it's there it's very much like Ty's right, like, it's literally a group chat. Like, it's literally like, oh, hey, we're all on this giant group thread. Yeah, they have, like, so Ethernet injected into their spines or something. It's like, I think that's, like, literally the premise. Right, like, so imagine having Twitter in your brain <laughs> at all times. It's just yeah, like I don't that. have to imagine. Right? They get, like, they yeah, literally easy. get, like, wired for fiber internet via their spines <laughs> in the first, like, ten minutes of the game. 
So yeah. I like how um, Fiber has come to like four cities and twelve anime characters. Really? Yes. Um, um, but no, it's really, it's really, it's really fun. It's not, it's not, it's not like the super heady game. But it was, it was just fun. Just like not to think about anything and just like I'm just going to play this game for like. Two hours a day and and button mashing these same four areas. That's the thing that sucks. It's like it's the same four areas, and the maps yeah. are like not great. It's not very, um, great. which is a bummer because they make it like it's a city, right? And so it seems like it's going to be kind of like open worldy and cool, where you can like you know, like interact. I was hoping stuff, it was yeah. going to be more like a like a sci fi, um, like Yakuza, you know, Japan, where you can like you know go through all the different districts and shit. And it is, it is, it's not like that. It's, uh, it's not like that. I really appreciate the comment in the chat that I can't read because just the, the person's name is Dark Blue. So I'm not sure who said it, but it says you're a psychic ninja or sometimes an X-Men should have been the tagline, which honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You're also <laughs> a child like... soldier, question mark. <laughs> It's anime, so like that was already on the table. Like, there's a very anime (laughs) game that was hard for me to like. The parts where my belief was a little bit hard to or my disbelief was a little bit hard to suspend. Was they're like they introduce it and they're like, there are these, you know, like, I don't know, what are they like, little demon plant creatures? I don't know, they're like little mean, funky guys. And you have to fight them with your, you know, brain sword or whatever. And then, like, they're like, yeah, we have this whole core that does this. And there's this weird tension between, like, you know, the fact that we mostly recruit children because, you know, it's an anime. So their bodies respond better to the technology or whatever. And then there's, you know, adults who, like, have a weird, like, second class citizenship thing going on within this group. But then none of the women look like adults. So that I was like, wait, which ones are the kids and which ones are the old ones? I feel like the tension is now immediately out of the window because I don't know which ones are which. And it seems weird that you were like, we're going to highlight these children and the age thing. But like, yeah. Meanwhile, there's dudes who are like 40 and just like built. Because it's an anime. Oh. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. I was like, man. Look, I I went from that from Tales of Arise, which was like, it's fun, but like it's I think it has the same problems too. Uh, I think a lot of people thought Near was a really cool video game, but didn't understand like how to make a Near, and I think we're gonna get a lot of those. So that's been that's kind of like my biggest my big thesis of like those two games. It's like yeah, you guys played Near, but didn't it understand eighty percent more sad made. robots. <laughs> To yes. be anywhere in that realm. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I started I started Tales of Arise, and I, I I'm kind of like glad to hear that someone else kind of fell off it a little bit too, because I had seen so many people like praising it as like the JRPG of the year, and I'm like, why can I not get into this? Like, I'm I'm trying, but. Yeah, so I don't know. Scarlet Nexus looked fun, though. I'm glad to hear that it's fun. It seems like it's very much serving its purpose that, based on the trailers, I thought it was set out to do. So that's cool. Yeah, it's definitely fun. I would say with Tales of Arise, uh, the big reason is the two main characters in Tales of Arise are boring as hell. 
They are. You don't get a good, you don't get like new characters until five hours in. And one of them literally is, I'm mad at my dad for no specific reason that you could have been handled if we had one conversation. And it's like, yep, this, this, like, I, I think even with Tales of Arise, like, in the second part, there was, like, there's this guy you're working for. So spoilers for Tales like, very minor spoiler for Tales of Arise. Uh, but there's a guy you're working for, and I literally look at him, and I say, he's going to be the, the boss in this area. Like, he just looks like he's going to be the boss in the area. Mm-hmm. And then the reveal came, and I was just like, I'm done. Yeah, I can, a lot of questions uh, being I'm asked that are answered by my <laughs> "I am the boss" shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I want to. I want to try. I'm going to, but I I have like so many smaller titles lined up to where I'm like, I need to finish Metroid Dread. I need to finish Death Door. I need to play Unsighted. To where I'm like, I'm just gonna put that on hold for a while. Um, anyway, just quickly in the chat, uh, yes. since you're throwing to me anyway, uh, Cameron Abbott, I see you telling me to put more than 50 hours into Scarlet Nexus, and I will not. Um, I don't have 50 How hours. many hours? At all. No. I, the only game I have 50 Scarlet hours Nexus. for is Pokemon Unite, because it subtly <laughs> steals them from me. Um... <laughs> I will not purposefully put any amount of time into a game. Um, Je- am I talking about my I, game now, Jess? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to toss it to you to uh, talk about, I guess, probably Inscription. And you don't have to go super in-depth because I know you talk about it in indie mixtapes. So I don't want to I don't want to make you completely rehash what you literally just did a couple days ago. That's fair. Oh, okay. I see. It's a clarification of... Cam was saying that he put 50 hours in. That's uh, fair. Because I will not ever do that now. Um, so I've been playing Inscription, um, which is from the creator of Pony Island. I don't remember his name right now, and I didn't look it up. Um, but it is a roguelike deck builder um, that is... Also, like, if a creepypasta was holding you hostage uh, to a GM and a, a, a tabletop session for you, and also there's a little bit of ARG shit, um, and it fucking owns. It's the coolest video game I have ever played. I'm not a person who likes to do overhype or any of that, but I truly, like, just think it's fucking neat, because you have all these different layers of, you know, the actual card game, but then you can get up and explore the space and, like, mess with the environment and solve little puzzles to, like, get access to new cards that can super, super change how the game is played. And I will caveat this with I'm an idiot, so I'm not past the second boss um, because I have not fully, like, uh, unteased the little secrets of... Uh, I know that there is some, like, almost game-breaking things that you can do with the cards, um, but I love deck builders, but I'm not the best at them. So I haven't quite cracked all of that, but it's just the coolest, and I'm really excited to see, like, what happens after you beat it the first time, because I know that there's, like, more to it. Um, So yeah, Inscription fucking owns. That's so cool. I kind of want to play it. 
I am debating. I'm not huge on deck builders. It's not that I don't like them. I just feel like they're never the type of game where I'm like, oh, I should buy it. Like, I don't know. I don't think about investing time with them and buying them and stuff, but maybe I will. Cause I've heard, I mean, even like the chat when like you were talking about it, they're like, oh yeah, inscription owns. It's so good. And I'm like, hmm, maybe oh, I should Daniel Mullins. Thank you, voodoo person. <laughs> um, um, it's just, it's, it's just like, it's just really, really cool. Like the deck builder is competent and like honestly, like not super beginner friendly. I would say actually, because mm. um, you do really have to understand the like sacrificing and stuff, which is I think a hard mechanic for a lot of newer players to like be down with. Um, but it's just like very much. I haven't played Pony Island, but I know that it does. You know, some like meta textual stuff. Um, and Inscription is doing that too with like the culture around card games and stuff um and it's just really fucking Mm. neat Hmm. that's pretty cool i'll have to try it out um yeah i guess do you want to talk cameron about edf5 or should i talk about metroid dread edf5 uh lets you shoot bugs with a lot of different guns that's fun it's just good that's good old-fashioned entertainment sometimes you get hit by the bugs and you ragdoll it sure does sound like a video game oh it's a you've never played an earth defense force game you're missing out actually oh you are you would not believe oh man edf is low-key one of the best franchises like (laughs) it rules it absolutely and the the human beings who are being invaded you know, they're being attacked by giant insects and they're constantly saying, where are they coming from? Where are these giant, but where are these huge ants coming from? And lo and behold, every single time it's space, they're coming from space and you got to kill the aliens that are bringing them here. It's delightful. It's great games. But, uh, you know, if you don't know about EDF, uh, you should learn a little bit about it, I would say. It's, uh, I'm uh, hearing from crucial. the chat that it would be a me core game, so... I'll have to it, look into it. It's delightful. Just perfect. Can I get They've it ma- on Steam? You can. You can get probably 10 different versions of these games on Steam. <laughs> There's some that are made out of uh, like voxels. There's a voxel-based version for some reason. Mm-hmm. You want like a little chibi bug that you shoot with your cannon? I love a chibi thing. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I've been playing a little bit of that. It's, it's, it's a good time. Fun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like... I don't know. You need a good mindless game. Um, speaking of games that aren't mindless, though, I've been playing Metro Dread. Uh, that's what I've been playing. And f- to preface this, because I feel like, I don't know, a lot of the people who, who are playing Metro Dread have played Metroid games before. I have not. So this is actually my first one. And I don't know why. I, I have no idea how that gap was formed but i just never got around to playing a metroid game which seems really strange because it seems like kind of up my alley but um yeah well especially because you've played like all the other you know like older nintendo staples like the zeldas and whatnot yeah it's the donkey and you know a disgusting amount about donkey kong (laughs) yeah but i don't know i don't know why how much is there to know about donkey kong Honestly, Good. not much. I There's a I, lot to know. She can I, just like, which one is it, Jess? That you Donkey can just Kong like Country. Donkey Kong Country. I think I disgusted Ty because I got drunk. 
I put on Donkey Kong Country and I was like, and if you hop on the rhino, you can go through this wall and get this secret area. And Ty was just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and I'm like, this is just like a hidden vault of knowledge. I don't, I can't name all the presidents, right? But I can remember the secret locations. Jess was like Kong doing Country. a drunk like GDQ on the floor <laughs> at like, I don't even know what time it was, like midnight or something while we were on an extra live stream. And I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> that's my that's my secret power honestly it was truly was like the power. werewolf moment of just like seeing jess in her true form and being like <laughs> oh okay all right so okay. metroid though metroid was a big gap i don't know why i never played the games a metroid dread is the first one i've ever played um and i really really like it a lot it it's so weird because i avoided touching anything metroid be well i don't know i don't i wouldn't say i avoided it but i think i was intimidated probably so maybe that's where the gap comes from it's just intimidation from like that sort of genre and feeling like i wouldn't be good at it um so i kind of avoided it but there's something i started playing it and i was like this honestly i'm so surprised that i never got around to more metroidvanias because it like hit something in my brain that is like like that is it. Like I love those types of games. Like I love I love those feelings. Um like it reminds me of when I'm playing the best parts of Legend of Zelda games for me, which is Legend of Zelda's like my favorite series. Um are when you get that new tool in the dungeon, right? Or when you unlock that time travel mechanic and you can go back to places you've been before with this new item and interact in new ways and it changes how you how you play through and like that's that's why i love majora's mask so much right is like because you get this new thing and then you can go back to this area and do it this different way and it unlocks this new and so i was playing metroid dread and i was like why do i not play metroidvanias because it's that feeling like it is a hundred percent like that like essence in an entire game so i really do like the way it feels um i'm not very good <laughs> but i'm getting better um i do think that the controls are very wonky. Um, I, I have thoughts about those. Um, I think that it's kind of ridiculous that you have to hold four buttons down to use a grappling hook um, because you're literally holding the bumper to aim, holding this bumper so that you're using your grappling hook and not using missiles. You have to hold on while you grapple and you have to point the direction. So you're like this, like, and it's it's far, it's doing far too much. And you just constantly get these new items and these new upgrades and it feels super 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 cluttered and like some stuff could have been cut and some hours could have been shaved um but i haven't played a metroid game before so everything i say take with a grain of salt because i've i've said this to some people and they're like oh well i'm a longtime metroid fan and i played all of them and like that's just how these are and blah 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 and like that's fine. I guess just coming in as someone who's new to the series i play it and i'm like this is kind of a little clunky um I don't know. Anyone else played Metroid? Well, I think it's a fair. I, I haven't played it yet. I'm going. I'm going to actually play it. I think I'm starting it next week. But I have a friend who is in the same boat as you. He has never mm -hmm. played a Metroid game uh, ever, and he was just like, he saw the he saw the the ad for Dread. And he was like, oh, I picked it. Like he literally texted me he was like, hey, I picked up Dread. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. But he's loving it. Um, I don't think those criticisms are wrong though. I think what happens is. When people are so tied into a a game, especially one that they've been in, like since like they since like let's say since they were young, you have the nostalgia feel. Like you can look at the stuff as like, oh yeah, that whole grip where you have to like use your elbow to to hit one button, and then you're like, it's like, oh, but that makes sense. It's like, well, sometimes you have to look at the criticism. Like maybe that 
maybe that is a little silly. You're just used to it. Yeah. So, like I like I I do think like there are control issues that it could they could definitely fix. It's also why like people prefer like I know people who prefer Prime to the 2D games because of like situations like that, right? Uh, I'm very glad that people are really enjoying this Metroid, and I'm glad it's making a lot of money because then there'll be more Metroids, and hopefully they Nintendo's like we'll bring other other games that we haven't brought over here, like Mother Three. Who mm-hmm. who could say? Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I'm very I'm very glad that like people are really really digging this Metroid. I do have it's it's funny you bring up Prime because I do have my Wii U out because last year I decided to write a piece on Majora's Mask um for its anniversary or something like that and so i was like how how can i play this i guess i bought it on my wii u so i like pulled that out and i have it all set up and i'm like i think i'm gonna play prime next um because based off of what i'm hearing it sounds like i'll probably like prime more um which i i really do like dread my my husband would not believe me saying that i'll be sitting in here just like completely enraged and yelling and i'm like i hit that button i swear like i'll like show him the chrome like look i'm hitting i'm hitting counter and it's i get so frustrated at that game um but i really do enjoy it it's a lot of fun um and yeah i i i'm excited to play prime the the aesthetics of the game are chef's kiss so (laughs) i think that's uh probably a lot of the draw even is just you know people are very into kind of like that dark sci-fi alien feel and it has that going for it entirely so I, I don't uh, I don't like any Metroid, but um, mm. if you if you like a two D Metroid, uh, the only one like game in this genre that I have enjoyed is the Underwater Adventure of the Last Human, which came out a couple oh. years ago. And uh, you have a spaceship, and you go far into the future, and uh, the future of Earth, and everything is underwater, and it's about navigating that. And your little your little spaceship that becomes a submarine. And you like fight bosses that way and whatever. It's uh, it's on. I think it's on the Switch and it's on Steam as well. But uh, that's my uh, I, since I have nothing I can add about Metroid Dread. <laughs> that is my uh, promo for this weird little game that people should check out. Super cool. What's it called again? The Underwater Adventure of the Last Human, I believe. Ooh. I think that's it. And if that's not it, that'll get you close. Okay, cool. That sounds like fun. I will have to check it out. Um, and I think that does it for all of our games this month, which is actually perfect because we're like right where we needed to be on time. So hell yeah. Congrats to, to the team. We did um, it. Cameron, where can people find you online? Oh, uh, at Ranged Touch, R-A-N-G-E-D-T-O-U-C-H. Uh, we'll get you there. I'm at C. Kunzelman. Uh, myself, you can go to rangetouch.com. Uh, that's probably it. That'll do it. That'll get you there. <laughs> TL, how about you? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on everything. Twitter, Twitch, <laughs> YouTube, personally, at Turbo Bison. Uh, doing very bad takes all the time. Uh, you want to get mad about Mars 64? I'll tell you why it's bad. Uh, there we go. Mm. Why, why would we get mad? You're right. Yeah. Thank oh. you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, you're, you're amongst friends here. I now, feel vindicated. A lot, of the, a lot of the 3D Mario games don't hold up as, as much as I think people think they do, to be completely honest. They're still fun. I saw that nostalgia there, but yeah. 
uh oh ty i think your camera is like fed up uh yeah my is camera doing... is uh going on strike again i guess <laughs> do you want to tell us where people can find you before uh you're banished to the green realm uh yeah you can go to twitter.com you can look up a woth keeper <laughs> there i'll be also Perfect. uppercut uppercut crit yeah but i kind of assume you like do that <laughs> Yeah, if you're here, you probably know, I would assume. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, um, oh, what were you going to say? I don't know. Go. <laughs> and you can find me at a wild Chew over on Twitter and Instagram. Pound Around is a product of Uppercut, which you can find on all social media at Uppercut Crit and UppercutCrit.com. If you'd like to hang out with the Uppercut crew, feel free to join our Discord. As always, the link is in the episode description. Uh, if you like the show, be sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you just can't get enough, you can head over to patreon.com slash uppercutcrit and toss a couple of bucks our way to get it early or even get your name read at the end. Just like these folks here. But I don't have the name pulled up. <laughs> or the names pulled we'll up. We'll record it in post. We'll record it. We'll include it um, later. That's just... You just know out. who you are. <laughs> Take that, um, Patreon backers. I'll just yeah. wait, can, can I? I'll just I'll do some for you. Let me. You can just drop this yeah. in wherever you want. Uh, yeah. Jeff. Uh, Amanda. Um, Alicia. Mm. Um, that's all I got. Uh, I hope you know that if we do have a patron or patron by that name, I'm definitely just using that little like one second sound bite. No, please do. That's Perfect. free. Thank that's you. free for you, and uh, it's you. only uh, a hundred dollars a minute free. for the next ones. So. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Thank you for the royalty music. Um, and thank you all for your generosity. And thank you, listener, for pounding around with us. Bye.